Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Hi, and welcome to the Living Martial Arts podcast. Um, I'm super excited, as I, I'm always super excited uh, for our guest today, um, somebody who's been in martial arts a long time and is very passionate about martial arts, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy uh, the podcast today. I have Mr. Mark McLaren. He's been into martial arts for a very long time. He's going to tell us a little bit about uh, his story in just a moment, but uh, how are you doing, Mark? Are you okay? I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking me to be here today, sir. Good. No, well, no worries. We, we, we like to, uh, and I like to sort of speak to people who are passionate like myself about martial arts. I know you are because uh, obviously, um, you know, you've been a student of mine for, for a long time, but also the people, Puma people listening, which I'm sure they're, they're going to be plenty, probably see you uh, at events and tournaments and don't realise, um, you know, your martial arts sort of uh, story, really, or your martial arts journey and where you've been. So, you know, I like to... Um, really just say you know we've all we've all come from certain places uh we've all got a story to tell and hopefully we'll find out a little bit about yours so uh without further ado perhaps you can you can tell us a little bit about your own martial arts journey and um you know how how you've traveled so far sure thank you um yeah, I, I think, I guess, like many of us, there's nothing really better than talking about martial arts. <laughs> could talk about <laughs> yeah. it for days. But, oh, my journey began um, seriously uh, when I was about 18, so about 36 years ago. And yeah. so I've been doing martial arts of one form or another pretty much off and on since then. Um, and I'd thought about martial arts when I was a younger lad, and I went along and watched karate classes, and I even went along and watched some taekwondo classes, and I... I seen people doing things like knuckle press ups and stuff like that, and it all seemed really quite scary when I was quite young. I was quite a timid lad, which I think people might find strange now. And that was one of the things I wanted to overcome. But finally, when I was 18, I started a martial art called Ki Aikido, and one of my friends was doing that. And I, at first, I was sort of more interested in sort of striking systems. But our friend was doing Aikido and he said, oh, it's really good. And it focuses on sort of key breathing and energy and it's really good defensive stuff. And we have a good laugh. So I went along and, and tried that. And yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, and I did that for about, ooh, about three years or so. Um, but I'd done it for about a year and I was loving it. And it was fantastic for, it was, um, they, they taught you a non-aggressive killer instinct and it was very defensive and it was very good for uh, avoiding someone trying to strike you. But sure. I was thinking, I want to I want to learn more and I want to grow. And I think this is all very well being able to sort of defend yourself. But um, 
I'd also like, if I have to, learn how to attack properly as well. And Aikido yeah. didn't really teach that. It was much more defensive. And, yeah, it was sure. a combination of a bit of sort of judo-like and jiu-jitsu-like and some very effective locks and takedowns and stuff. But then I started looking around and there was a Taekwondo school started up in my, my hometown, East Bride. And uh, I went along and looked at that and it was a bit scary. Um, but I thought, well, that's 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 good because it's punching and kicking, and it it was just something dynamic as well. I'd looked at karate classes, and karate just didn't seem for me. It, it seemed really scary, but it seemed very very rigid. And that's not been disparaging. And I've got a much greater understanding now of karate systems. But taekwondo just seemed very dynamic and modern and and fun. And so I started doing taekwondo, uh, and so for quite a, a while, for a couple of years, I was doing. Uh, Aikido and Taekwondo and that seemed to really complement itself really really well I used the the sort of relaxing side of Ki Aikido to aid my Taekwondo and then I was learning punches and kicks which we could try out and defend from uh, in Aikido so that worked really well Um, I'd been training in uh, Taekwondo for a number of years got to about red stripe blue belt red stripe um, and then I, that, that was when I was living up in Scotland and I was a student up there. And then when I finished at college and I wanted to get a job and I, I moved down south back in 1990. Yeah. And um, when I first moved south, I was hoping to carry on uh, my, my training because I, th- I, I absolutely loved uh, my Taekwondo especially. Um, but when I, I moved south down to Christchurch near, near Bournemouth, there weren't any clubs nearby. Uh, and the nearest club was in pool. And I didn't have a car at the time. Um, so I remember going to um, going to that, that club. And um, it was, I think, two bus journeys. And it took me an hour and a half. <laughs> so it was a three-hour round trip for a, a one-hour training session. I absolutely loved it. Um, and to show you how long ago this was, I remember Miss Carr was in. And she was a blue belt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a few other people that are still training now that are way up the ranks um, so that didn't really work out and I was really gutted because I loved my taekwondo um, but there just wasn't a school near me so I sort of just kept myself fit with a lot of circuits and weights and stuff like that for a while uh, and then in the town I was living um, there was um, some other schools started up and um one of those that looked interesting was Lao Gar Kung Fu. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to you the other day about that because uh, sure. um, whilst Lao Gar, Gar is a Chinese system and it's very, it's very fluid circular motions, which was very different from the Korean and Japanese systems, which were much more linear and direct. Um, when it came to getting your pads on and doing sparring, it was exactly the same. And we were talking the other day about some yeah, of the legends yeah. like Alfie Lewis and so on. Um you know, when you get in the ring with them, these guys know how to fight. They so Logar <laughs> L- was something that was familiar in some senses. Some of the, the some of the, the ways of doing techniques and certainly the patterns, the forms were very different. But the, the punches and the kicks and the pad work and the sparring was all the same. So uh, I did that for a while. Um, and then whilst I was doing that, I was still looking around and I've always sort of had a great thirst for knowledge and I wanted to expand my martial arts knowledge because I knew no one style would give you everything. And um, there was a, a class started up, which was in, um, it was in, uh, oh, <laughs> oh God. 
Yeah. It, oh, it's in Wing Chun. That was it. Sorry, I've absolutely blanked there. <laughs> All right, no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was in Wing Chun Kung Fu. And I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. I sort of fancy it. I knew it vaguely familiar that Bruce Lee started off in Wing Chun before he devoted, devised Jeet Kune Do. And so I went along to that, and that was really interesting because that was very, very different. But it kind of tied in the key IQ that I was doing had the practiced uh, principles around key energy. And the Chinese yeah. have this system about qi energy, C-H-I, yes. and the IQ that was K-I. So it's just Japanese version of the same thing. And it was all about relaxation and energy and flow. And I wasn't too worried about all this sort of hippie nonsense um, aspect of it. But just from a relaxing your mind and body point of view, I was really interested yeah, sure. in it. So um, Wing Chun kind of appealed to me. And a very great part of it was at the end of the session, the instructor used to spend about 10 minutes just setting everyone down and um, just talking about our philosophies and asking us what our philosophies were on things, on sure. martial arts, Wing Chun, and life in general. And I kind of really liked that. And I really get into that. Uh, unfortunately, the class only lasted about six months. And uh, right. <laughs> there weren't enough people. There was like classes of two or three of us. Yeah. And the instructor was coming down from Southampton to teach it. So um, it didn't last very long. Um that fell by the wayside. I was still training in Laogar, but then thankfully um, there was a, an instructor from a previous association, the, the TAGB, um, who decided to start the Taekwondo school um, in Christchurch. It was uh, Simon Wachon from many, many years ago. And that was fantastic. And um, so it allowed me to get back into doing Taekwondo which meant the low gar fell by the wayside because it didn't really seem worthwhile doing two of the same thing. Yeah. Very similar styles. So I got back into doing Taekwondo. And again, to show how long ago that was, when I went along to the opening of the school, um, and I was a say, blue belt, red stripe, and uh, Miss Elise was there. And she started off, and she was one of her, she was one of the first students in that first class. And she started sure. off as a white belt. And of course, now look at how far she's come. So it just shows you yeah. one how old I'm into, how, how long I've been doing it. Uh, oh, well, there's a few people older. I'm, I'm not sure where they are, but <laughs> um, so yeah. So um, yeah, I got back into doing taekwondo, and it's been uh, a wonderful, wonderful journey. Uh, rising up through the ranks and just training with some fabulous people and training under yourself and meeting people at Master Row and uh, Master Black and, and so many wonderful people uh, along the way. Um, but my thirst for knowledge uh, continued unabated. And uh, like I said, I was living down in Christchurch and then I moved into Bournemouth. And in Bournemouth, there's, uh, there's a legendary gym, martial arts gym, boxing gym there, the, um, the Bulldog Gym. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, they offered all sorts of things from, from Muay Thai to traditional boxing and kickboxing and, and all sorts of stuff. But they also offered up, there was a chap there, Phil Norman, who offered up Jeet Kune Do classes. And Phil Norman yes. used to be a bit of a legend in the day. He worked the door down there. He went on gladiators. Uh, yeah, he did. He killed, won gladiators. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, he actually became a, a trainer for the participants. That's right, yeah. yeah. He was that yeah. good. Um, and he was quite a legend down there. Um, he used to compete in the ring, stuff like that. Anyway, uh, and I just loved this, this philosophy of Jeet Kune Do because it was these multiple styles. And in that one class, we used to practice uh, Jeet Kune Do Kung Fu, uh, which is obviously Bruce Lee's device style. We used to do Kali or Eskrima, so Filipino weapons fighting. Yeah. We used to do Savat, French kickboxing, uh, and just Western kickboxing as well. 
So, uh, and I tell you what, it was a tough bunch of boys and girls that used to do that class. So, uh, yes, yeah, th- that that was that was good times. That so I did that for about a year as well. So I sort of trained in styles <laughs> long enough to get an understanding of them and for them to feed into my taekwondo and to use my taekwondo to feed into them. Um, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but ultimately, I think taekwondo was my passion. And it's been sure. the consistent thing. I mean, even though I started it 35 years ago, I had that slight break when I couldn't train in it. But with over sort of 30 years of Taekwondo, that's it's always been the one thing I've come back to. And yeah. as much as anything, I think that's the people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, it's 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 interesting what you say there because most people, you know, we maybe one or two, but you you've really gone into. A number of different arts, um, <laughs> you know, at, uh, through your taekwondo, through your journey, uh, not just taekwondo, but as you mentioned there, aikido and, and laogar and wing chun uh, and so on. Um, did, did you did you ever find it um, confusing, or you know, was it, or did they compl- did they all complement each other? You must, yeah. you must have even now experiences from uh, that you you draw on from different classes. Um, well, I think if I had tried to do something like a similar style to Taekwondo, so maybe if I'd done WTF Taekwondo, or, or certainly if I'd tried to do Karate, one of the styles of Karate, I think you'd been trying to do the same thing in a different way. So there was a little bit of confusion with Laogar initially, just because of their, their fundamental movements. But like I said, there was a lot of similarities as well, which kind of made up for it. Was a lot of the other stuff I did, like Aikido, was very different from Taekwondo, but Aikido taught me to relax. And that was really good for my sparring and for my destruction and just the whole sort of attitude in Taekwondo. And so the Taekwondo allowed me to have some very powerful attacks for Aikido. So like, okay, you think your Aikido works, like try defending a sidekick or, you know, a full-on punch and see how it yeah. works. So I, I, and then with Jeet Kune Do, it was such a mixture of different things that it, no, it, it, it wasn't a contrast at all. I think it was just trying to fit it all in and I had to make some tough decisions that I loved my Jeet Kune Do. And it wasn't, I wasn't really doing it for grading. I was doing it to sort of self-development and self-defense, just knowledge. You really have to train several times a week, as you know. In any style, yes. you have to train really at least twice a week. And if you're serious, several times a week. And if you're trying to train in more than a couple of styles, you can't do that. So you often hear about people that have got black belts from four different styles. And it's, I don't know how they find the time unless you're doing that full time. Yes, you, yeah. you can't really commit. So at some point, Taekwondo became dominant. And the other things were incidental and they were fun to learn. And I suppose the more experience that became in, over the years as well, the more the quickly I could pick things up. So I didn't have to train in for a year to pick up the fundamentals of a system. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think having, um, or as you say, training something similar, you know, karate, uh, taekwondo, I think that would be quite confusing. And there was a point where I did tai chi, which actually I found quite easy because it was very, very different. The movements were slow and, and relaxed. So actually the, the change over there was quite easy, really. But I think if I'd have done something uh, very much the same, uh, it, it would have been, you know, come a bit, bit more confused but um no thanks for that that's uh that was a hell of a journey so far <laughs> actually well, and it's still I going <laughs> i was gonna say i haven't quite finished yet but i thought a bit of oh go go for it go for it because <laughs> i was i was i realized i was being terribly rude and not allowing you to actually no 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 it's interview. fine you uh well, so just to bring it up to date i mean people know probably some people know that i'm very very passionate about fast defense uh, yes. and I've, I've done i mean i've done all the seminars and at all the different levels and that and trained in that 
uh, over a number of years uh, and strongly passionate for that. I still try and practice the foundations of that. Um, I do running. I'm in a running club, which I'll, I'll come back to later, but I, I use uh, fast defense techniques and I teach self-defense for people in my running club, basic awareness and avoidance. Yeah. And also in more recent years, there's a style called Defense Lab, which is sort of quite well known, uh, sure. based on Andy Norman's style. But there's a lovely chap, Paul Shears, who teaches it in Swindon. Okay. And so I've sort of I've trained in that more recently and trained in that for over a year. And I'm still hoping I might get back to that someday, but like it's just yeah. trying to fit it all in. And they're wonderful, wonderful sort of street self-defense, realistic self-defense. And I think in recent years, my real passion is for these realistic styles, but also how you can use them and bring stuff back to Taekwondo and how you can use your Taekwondo in these classes. And there was another one I did for sure. a while <laughs> with Clive Elliott and which was Defendo, which was oh, based yes, on yeah. um, uh, Bill Underwood's teachings for um, sort of special forces, really, a sort of watered yes. down uh, lethal combat system. Uh, and I think it's always interesting there because I've done uh, real self-defense with people from Jeet Kune Do and kickboxing and karate and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it, it's it's fun and it's interesting. You would say, well, let's see how you would defend it, let's say, from a strong sidekick or a really good back kick. And, you know, we know a good back kick, if it's fast and powerful, can yes. be devastating. And these guys don't often say that, and they're kind of used to a bit more obvious stuff, like somebody swinging a punch. Yes, yeah. So it's quite nice sometimes throwing a bit of taekwondo in there and just <laughs> just making the guys work a little bit uh, mm. because it's just something they haven't seen because it's people who have trained just in one style. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good to sort of have this much more broad knowledge. So uh, sorry, yeah, that, that's, that's my sort of journey over the last 36 years. No, no, that's fantastic. I think it's good. I think it's good that, um, you know, you, you've managed to explore different things. Um, and as I say, I think that, uh, you know, some can be complimentary, some can be sometimes be be a bit confusing. And um, I think often as well, once um, once you're in a martial art for a period of time, you, you sort of find out almost what, what sort of road you're going to take. Is it going to be a competition road? Is it going to be a, a real self-defense road? Is it more about the fitness side of it? And, and what is it? But I, I think, um, you know, from my point of view and, and knowing you, you know, I know you're very, very uh, keen on the, the self-defense aspects of, uh, of martial arts and so on. I mean, it sort of brings me to my next question. Um, which is, you know, how do you fit sort of martial arts into your 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 everyday life? Um, and you know, we, we you talked, you mentioned about your your running, which obviously complements, uh, you know, your fitness and things. But perhaps you can elaborate on that. You know, how how do you fit things in? Um, well, martial arts has been central to my life. It's it's changed my life. It's changed who I am. Hopefully, it's made me a much better person. Um, so I think that there always has to be time for martial arts to be made. And I think all the people that know me well, um, certainly within martial arts know that when I'm working with people who maybe don't know me this soon, I don't talk about martial arts so much as in like, oh yeah, I do this, I do that and try and sound big and hard. But people end up understanding that I, you know, I train several times a week, a lot of weekends are, sure. are on tournaments or seminars. I do summer camp and I've done winter camps. Uh, I spend a lot of time doing these things that I love um, and so you know it's it's always been a priority and obviously you know I've got a family I've got uh, three step kids got five grandkids now. <laughs> um, so I've got a family as well um, and obviously 
prioritise making time for them, but they all know, it's like my wife, when she met me, she used to do Taekwondo and she joined us as well and she trains up to, to first degree. Uh, so she always knew Taekwondo was a passion. So there was never a conflict there. It was a passion for her, it was a passion for me. So anyone who knows me and wants to be part of my life has to understand that martial arts is always going to be there. Um, and so, you know, I, I always want to be training a couple of times a week and I fit in tournaments at weekends and I get my camps in and kind of I, I make sure they come uh, equal first. You know, my family are, are considered as well, but it's just so important to who I am. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely. make sure I fit it in. Yeah. Well, uh, martial arts, uh, as with people, are, are, are varied. <laughs> you know, the, the, the types of people that, that do it uh, are just as varied as the, the different types of martial arts. So the, the next thing was really what, what, what you feel uh, are the benefits that martial arts have given you. And I know that this is a big question as well, because you could probably spend hours, you know, just answering this question. Uh, and I think, I think the benefits um, are very different depending on which type which part of your life you're at, you know, as a teenager and someone in their twenties and thirties. And, and obviously later on, you can get different benefits that you probably wouldn't realize uh, when you're a teenager, but you know, what do you feel that martial arts has given you so far? Um, well, like I mentioned earlier, when I started off, I was quite timid and quiet as, uh, as a younger person, even though I was always into sport and I started martial arts like many people did for sort of, toughen yourself up, self-defense, learn how to look after yourself a bit. But it very quickly became about learning your physical and mental boundaries. And so yeah. what the limits are, and it, that sounds quite philosophical, but it really did become that way. I, I like to learn, it's quite easy to learn your physical limits. You can learn that doing any sport, but learning your mental limits as well and understanding them, how far you can push yourself became really important. And also key to that is once you understand where your limits are is, how do you push beyond that, but in a safe way? So yeah. you can start off and maybe you can't fight or you're not very fit uh, and you think it's not realistic to suddenly say, right, I want to be fit enough to beat Usain Bolt or take on Sebastian Coe, a middle distance race, or, uh, right, I can fight about now, so I'll take on Tyson Fury, you know, because I can take on anyway. That's not realistically pushing your boundaries. That's being a bit silly. But if you can say, well, you know, oh, uh, uh, like you do in your fitness sessions where you do so many repetitions and exercises, and then next month I'll try and beat that, and then next month, and then I think, oh, or maybe I'll enter a competition and see how I got on the patterns, or maybe I'll get back into sparring again. And you find these things, or or maybe it's like through the self-defense things I've done, you, you do quite a lot of pressure testing training and where it can get quite scary um, and uncomfortable and pushes you outside your boundaries. And so the, it's been key for me is that learning how to push yourself in a safe way and keep growing. So I think beyond any basics of punching or kicking or defending yourself or anything like that, it's that understanding yourself and being able to, to grow as a person. Yeah, sure. And I, th I think I think also as well is that, um, I mean, certainly for me, uh, in the early days of my of my martial arts, the the, the sort of confidence I got from it was was huge because it it didn't just allow me it was it wasn't just about martial arts it was about um, everyday life about at the time I was uh, an aircraft engineer and I haven't actually having the confidence to do certain things within that environment as well and I felt that martial arts were, were all part of that 
And uh, as I say, you know, that's sort of changed as I've got older and uh, hopefully older and wiser. <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm not always sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're all still learning. That's one wonderful thing about martial arts. I think is you never stop learning. You just, yes. There's so much always to learn if you're open to it. And I think also one of the key things for me is that um, as you become more knowledgeable, you, you have become less to prove. You, you prove a lot to yourself. So you may challenge yourself and push yourself, but you've got nothing to prove to the world. And so you see young lads who start and they start training and they're all fired up and they like to punch and kick a bit and they want to get into a few fights or they'll, they'll do tournaments and they're all fired up. And then you see those of us perhaps have been doing it a bit longer and you just start to chill out a little bit. It's like you've got the fire there when you need it and when you're training or if a situation crops up you have to deal with. But you tend to be just a lot more chilled because you know you've got nothing to prove. And it just yeah. gives you that confidence to say, well, I, you know, I, I'm a con confident person and I don't have to go out there trying to prove myself all the time. Yes, yeah, 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 def definitely, definitely. Well, no, no, thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Brings me on to my, my next uh, part talking about and you and you've mentioned this actually in some of the uh, the arts that you've done uh, over the years uh, it was about meditation and, and breath work and I know that um, certainly when I was doing Tai Chi um, you know breath work was was probably emphasized a lot more than it is in say in Taekwondo even though we do have uh, we do emphasize the breathing while we're doing our, our patterns and so on but it's just whether you know Perhaps you could talk about the meditation and breathwork you've done in the past, and whether you do any uh, sort of current day, current times, really. Mm. Uh, well, going back to that first style I studied, Ki Aikido, and I mentioned it was Ki Aikido because there was original Aikido, which is originally called Aikikai, which is very much based on old school Japanese jujitsu, and it was just very tough and physical, and arm locks and throws and quite scary stuff and then the key system was more focusing on this energy and doing things in a softer more harmonious way so it was it was much more flowing style and less sort of stop start and a key part of that we used to do key breathing so in a session sure. we used to sit down and we used to relax and learn how to breathe out and breathe in and just slow down your mind and as part of the benefits of that and as part of in our gradings every second grading we had these tests over they were called key tests but really they were states of mind so could you be pushed over easily or could you sort of you know have your concentration taken away from you or uh, just there was various little physical tests and these were all results of you channeled your mind into a certain state so it kept you calm it helped you perform well it helped you focus um and this key breathing that I learned, so it was literally just going away and finding yourself somewhere quiet, focusing your mind, slowing your breathing down. And it was nothing airy-fairy, spiritual chanting or anything like that. It was very, very practical. And I, I used to use when I uh, was studying exams at college, I went through many, many years of college. Um, and when I was getting myself quite stressed, I used to take myself away and do a bit of key breathing. If I just got stressed about things in life in general, I used to use key breathing to slow things down. Uh, the whole principles of this this key energy I, I used in other styles. So I mentioned earlier about that when you're trying to do board breaking destruction, you know, you want to channel power into your techniques for sparring or for your, your self-defense techniques so you can hit harder. I used to use these principles of sort of relaxation and, and focusing your energy. And 
we do similar things in Taekwondo when we were sort of saying about breaking the boards and we're talking about breaking through boards and not hitting at the boards. And yes, again, yeah. when you're sparring, it's the same. If you're trying to, if you're at a high level competition and you really want to, to have an impact on people, you're not just tippy tapping at them. You're really powering through them and you're getting your weight behind that. And um, I think the combination of that was a couple of years ago at summer camp. I, I, I taught a seminar and I was given the wonderful opportunity uh, by the instructors at camp. They said, right, we'd like you to teach something. And, you know, you've done different things. You've done that Aikido and stuff like that. Maybe you'd like to teach some of that. And the obvious thing would have been, well, okay, I can teach people some Aikido techniques. So I could teach them some wrist locks and arm locks and throws and things like that. Uh, we could do a bit of rolling around on the ground because you learn how to fall properly forwards and backwards because you're throwing people around. And I thought, I could, that's kind of obvious. But really, you know, do I want to try and teach Aikido in a, an hour-long session at camp. And that would have been fun, but I thought it was more of a challenge for me to take some of those principles of, Aiki, of Aikido and bring them into Taekwondo and how people could benefit from that. So uh, I, I, in this seminar, I did this. Uh, I got people to think about this idea of like, focusing their energy and relaxation, and we, we got people to hit pads, and we started off saying, right, hit this pad hard. So at the start of the session, people would punch or do like a sidekick against that, a focus pad. And they would be very physical and get themselves all wired up. And then we'd go through the session of learning how to relax and flow. And we did a few little exercises to help people relax and focus their mind a little bit. And then at the end, I said, right, let's come back and start. Let's punch these pads. Let's do a sidekick on these pads. But using these principles we've learned. And I think every single person noticed the difference and they could see yeah. it was much more powerful and i said it's also a healthier way to train and you're less likely to get injuries you're less likely to get stressed and you can see the benefits of your power so again i said whether this is just your board breaking or you're hitting a pad or if you compete in tournaments if you want to be faster more powerful these are all things if you just want stronger patterns you can bring it in um and so that was just wonderful to be able to sort of bring some of those principles into Taekwondo and then just for a bit of fun at the end I did some wrist locks and throws and there were some things that uh, I use in one step sparring and that Aikido taught me and some really really nice little techniques and they can be used as self-defense as well um, yeah, sure. and we did a bit of that at the end just so that people could have a bit of fun and it wasn't all too philosophical <laughs> about talking <laughs> about key energy I actually got a chance to sort of put people down a bit and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Around. well I, I've, I've been doing some um I mean, I've spoken about it on on other on earlier podcasts, but I've been doing some meditation. I've also been doing some breath work, and um, I managed not so long ago to to hold my breath for over two minutes. Wow. Um, and um, it was the the system that I was practicing was uh, called Buteco, um, where you try and slow uh, your breathing down as much as possible, so you're only you're only uh, breathing uh, a fraction of what you're normally breathing. Um, and and it, it's actually it's actually quite interesting. It's uh, the the only problem is is that because of my competitive nature, <laughs> I, I try and think. Oh, I've done two, over two, you know two minutes ten. I need to do two minutes fifteen, and it's it's not supposed to be competitive. So it it almost has the <laughs> the opposite effect sometimes. So I've got to tell myself this is not a competition. You know, just relax. Um, but I, I have found it very 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 beneficial. Uh, I really have. And sometimes now I actually try uh, going out and doing a, a walking meditation and walking breath work uh, while I'm um, doing some what I would call forest bathing amongst trees. Um, and it's really good, really good. 
you know, I would have never fasc- done that, you know, before as a teenager. Yeah, I would never fascinating done. how you can learn such things and change yourself when you're yes. learning to hold your breath like that and yeah. slow your heart rate down. You know, I sometimes use my uh, key breathing to slow my pulse down slightly, not to ridiculous levels, but maybe after I've done a race or just yes. I'm sitting relaxing and I'm sort of getting competitive about taking my own pulse and I'm sort of trying to measure my fitness by my pulse rate. I can actually use the breathing to slow it down. And you yes. think, oh, that's, that's just fascinating how you can control your body like that. It is. It is. It's. It's great. You know, I. I would um, advise anybody. You know, anybody listening to this is to just explore a little bit of meditation, a little bit of breath work, and um, also with, with meditation. You know, I've read a, quite a few books on it now, and uh, meditation w- was was never actually. It was actually meant for the common person. It wasn't meant for um, you know monks in monasteries only. Um, and also, you know, you don't have to sit in the lotus position and um, uh, chant if you don't want to. Although, although I do at times use use some very basic chants, um, which I find quite calming. But anyway, um, you don't have to do that. But you can start very easily. So you know, you know, try and have a go. Uh, thanks for that. Thanks for the insight there. Um, Again, you've alluded to a couple of things. I know that you're a really uh, a keen a keen runner, and and um, you know you're, you're very uh, um, not, not serious, but you 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 enjoy your running. I think there's a difference between being serious, serious, but enjoyment. I think you do it for your enjoyment and your fitness and whatever. But you know, is, is there anything else that you do when you're not doing martial arts apart from your running? And I, I know you've mentioned you know your your kids and your grandkids, so you've probably got. Uh, like me, a very hectic life, but I don't know any any other hobbies that you you, you sort of pursue. Um, no, I think between taekwondo and running, I sort of you know I have a busy career in IT, and then yeah, spend a lot of time with family. Uh, you know, go back up and visit my mum up in Scotland every couple of months, um, and then yeah, I think just fitting in running in taekwondo, and then in the recent past when I've been doing other styles as well, like other self defence styles, it's that's when things get a bit hectic trying to fit in. So I'd really still like to be exploring more self-defense type stuff, more self-defense sure. systems out there, but trying to do that in a quality way and not let other things suffer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I like to read or read most evenings just to sort of relax and switch off and, uh, you know, enjoy catching up with various bits and pieces on television as well but that's more just a sort of way just to relax and unwind at the end of a busy day um so i think yeah between my running on taekwondo and my family and my job that keeps me busy enough for now (laughs) (laughs) i haven't got the urge to, to do anything else beyond that well, I'm I'm an I'm an avid uh, audiobook listener. Listener, I listen to, I do read, I do like to read. Uh, but one thing I find very find very very relaxing now, uh, particularly uh, early, very early in the morning, if I have time, is just put on an audiobook for half an hour, um, just with my eyes a little still a little bit closed, and and listen to a, a nice audiobook, and I find that quite relaxing. So I try and use. Uh, technology to my advantage if possible and and that's just one of the things so that's quite nice quite nice and there's some great books out there um on audio as well fantastic uh fantastic stuff so and, and it means i don't have to because I, I used to be a huge book collector but when i moved last year i had to get rid of amazing amount of boxes of books <laughs> so uh, i was know. the same I'd, I'd never throw away a book that i'd read because books were so valuable to me i'd reread them or i'd lend them or i try and get the kids to read them but i've yeah. had to do the same i've had so many boxes in the loft and in the garage and 
I try and give them to people that might read them, but that's very difficult now. Sort of even charity shops aren't taking them. <laughs> so um, I just have to be learned to be less precious because I think books and the knowledge they contain and yeah. how they can yeah. take you to a completely different place, just, just wonderful. Yeah, and there was – well – um, martial arts encompasses many areas, and I think once you get into martial arts, and particularly like yourself, um, you got into you know got into martial arts early, and you got into running and so on. Uh, and so my, my my next thing is really about um, you know any eating uh, protocols that you that you use, or uh, is it a case of you eat most things, but you, you you watch what you eat, or is it a case of uh, you know none none of the above? But uh, I don't know. Perhaps you can. Uh, let us know what what sort of things do you do you like to do regarding your your nutrition. Um, not nearly enough of the good stuff, and I think during <laughs> lockdown that's been one of my biggest disappointments with myself. I thought lockdown was going to be a wonderful opportunity to train really hard and keep myself fit and be disciplined and come out of it faster and stronger and fitter. And it kind of went the other way. And I just I think because I wasn't training in classes and I wasn't getting that energy and feedback like one of the things Taekwondo is so brilliant at is getting that energy from mm, back yeah. from the people you're training with and same with running I wasn't running with 100 odd people at club I was running by myself and and so my training struggled there and my nutrition struggled a little bit and I sort of did a bit of comfort eating and drinking and so I go through phases and uh, I know a couple of years ago that when my uh my running was at its best, it was because I lost quite a bit of weight and I was very disciplined and just cutting down on carbs. And it wasn't anything particular. It was just being careful yeah. about carbs, you know, and cutting out bread and pasta and things like that, which are very easy and lazy to eat. Um, and that got me, a, made my fitness a lot easier because I was a lot lighter. And so things like my Taekwondo improved because my weight went down. Um, you know, these black belt patterns with many leaps and jumps. As I was saying the other night, my knees and back were <laughs> suffering a bit from doing yeah. old J several times. Uh, you know, if I could get my health back, down, my weight back down, it would help with that. So fortunately, no, I know I've admired yourself for many years because of the, the knowledge you have on nutrition. Um, and I've got, I've got a lot of knowledge in there, but I just need to be more disciplined at practicing it. Yeah, I'm yeah, afraid. yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, it's tough, isn't it? Because I think I think also as well is that we all lead, you know, very busy lives, and sometimes it's just easier to grab something that's easy, you know. And like you say, it's easy to make, you know, pasta with a sauce or, um, you know, uh, rice in a microwave or or something like that. It, it, it's 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 sort of easy. Whereas you know, if you're preparing a, a meal from scratch. Sometimes, even though it's not that time-consuming, it can just be a little bit um, of a fuss. <laughs> yeah, and I love bread. Bread's very easy, so I'm cutting that down. And what I'm finding now that I'm, we're coming out of lockdown and we're back to training, we're in the dojang again, and I'm starting to run my club again, I'm finding now, because training is quite difficult and I'm feeling not just the excess weight that I'm carrying, but just not feeling great, just because I've been eating too many carbs and the wrong thing, now that's making me go, right, let's sort out and eat more healthily and yeah. nothing uh, no no great secrets it's just yeah cutting out carbs and stuff like that and eating a lot more fresh produce so sure. i'm finding that's starting to turn around now because i want to be able to train and get fitter yeah 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 well I, and also i think with what we do with being uh you know martial arts and running sometimes um we compare ourselves with perhaps people who are younger 
<laughs> for a start. And, and I think we don't compare like for like. But if you know, if you compare yourself with, uh, you know, a male of the same age, uh, I think you know nine out of the ten of those males couldn't do what you do, <laughs> or, or even be able to, you know, throw their legs like you throw your legs. So I think sometimes you know we we don't give give ourselves enough credit uh, for the sort of level we reached, even though yeah. We can be a bit better sometimes. We can be a bit more disciplined, but actually, you know, we're doing pretty well, and you're certainly doing pretty well for, um, you know, your age. Uh, there, are, there are not many that are still kicking as well as you actually at that age. Thank you, sir. And, and a lot of people who who've never done martial arts would love to be able to even do five minutes of what you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and what I find now is, uh, I wonder if you're the same. Is like I can still do it all uh, at least as well as I always did, if not better now. But it just takes me a bit longer to warm up. <laughs> well, well, it, well, it does. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, for me, I, I, I suffer a little bit because I had a, as you know, a hip operation, and um, you know, I lost a lot of my flexibility, and I do need to make sure that I'm, I'm really warm before I start to do anything. <laughs> and sometimes, uh, I, sometimes I forget, particularly in between classes, that uh, perhaps I haven't warmed up enough. But you know, yeah, you yeah. your body punishes you if you don't. Yeah, occupational but, uh, hazard. I think it was interesting what you were saying as well, comparing yourself to others, because my wife, Bev, very good at that. And she would say, well, look, you know, if you look around at other men that are 54 years of age. Yeah. And she goes, you know, you're worried about I'm carrying about, you know, three quarters of a stone too much or something like that to, above fighting fitness. She goes, yeah. look how many men at your age, uh, you know, look far older, or less fit, carry a lot exactly. more weight, don't do any exercise, um, drink far more. Uh, yeah. So it is all relative, but I think with people like ourselves and certainly yourselves, I mean, you know, the, the things you've done over the years and, you know, the levels you've achieved and when you look back and you think, well, I might not be at that level, but it's just still amazing that we're still, still doing it and still putting our bodies through it. Oh, de definitely, definitely. And as I, as I said, you know, e even if it ended tomorrow, I've I've had a great time. I've enjoyed enjoyed the journey. But um, we're we're sort of coming to the end of uh, end of this uh, podcast, and um, they always go really really quick. And uh, it's been f absolutely fantastic uh, talking to you. I think that um, you know, I I hope the the audience will perhaps uh, some people that know you come up and ask you and uh, uh, mention how much they've enjoyed your story because I certainly have. And um, it, it's great it's great to know. Because as I said, you know, people see you with a Taekwondo black belt and they think that's all you've done. But obviously, I mean, you've got a vast amount of experience in a, a number of different martial arts over the years. And, um, you know, it, it's it's nice of you to, to share that with us. But uh, I'd like to wish you all the best. I'm sure I'll see you soon anyway in the in, in class. And, um, you know, to the people uh, listening to this, uh, you know, Mr. McLaren is a lovely, lovely personal, personal person. You can always go up and he'll always give you the, uh, the time of day. Uh, he's very, very approachable so you know make sure you go up to him and uh, uh, uh chat to him about his uh his martial arts story and his journey um perhaps not on a busy tournament though <laughs> but, <laughs> but may, maybe on a nice relaxed yeah. day on summer camp would be would probably probably Definitely. be better ask me at summer Definitely. camp this year thank you very much yes. for asking so it's been an well, honor thanks thanks very much and um hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you very soon those people again listen my uh living martial arts uh, audience thank you very very much for tuning in uh, uh, again, uh, I'll be back with you very, very soon with another podcast and some also some fitness tips as well. Take care and, uh, you know, keep kicking. Thank you.